Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Jorge. And we're here to tell you about our podcast, Daniel and Jorge explain the universe think of it as your chance to sit at a bar with some cool scientists that's That's us and getting to ask them all the things you always wanted to know about space stars particles the cosmos so look for daniel and jorge explain the universe listen and follow on the iheart radio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts 200 All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American, back after eight days on the disabled list. Joining me in the studio is the doctor who literally saved my life, Dr. Dean Kariakis of Christ Hospital. For the first time ever, Dr. Kariakis, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Thank you very much, Bill. It's great to be here. Why did you get into medicine? Uh, I wanted to help people. I sincerely wanted to help people, and I was fascinated with the heart. So Why? The heart is kind of the center of the being. At least that's the way I look at it. And so that was the most important thing to do. What have you seen change in medicine? You've been at it for about 35 years, 40 years. I have. And What have you seen just on my procedure, which was aortic valve replacement? If I would have come to see you in 1975, 85, 95, what would have happened? There was only one option. And at that point, it was surgical valve replacement. They would have sawed you open and carved your valve out and put a new one in. Bill. But uh, starting in about 2010, we were being able to replace the valve with a catheter. But even that was very primitive. The initial generation of these catheters, we put people to sleep. They're in the intensive care unit. We made surgical incisions to put the valve in. And through miniaturization of the technology and advancements in the technique, we now it's a drive-through procedure, as you've experienced. In the beginning, you don't want to be, from the literature I've read, and believe it or not, in the whole month of February, I went online, read medical journals or studies, talked about the sapien valve, we talked about the opiate valve, we talked about the J-valve, at least in my mind, I looked everywhere. You, you don't want to be the top 50 or top 100, you don't, but somebody's got to go first. So the first few surg- uh, procedures you did... What kind of results did you have the first 20 or 30? You've done now 800, but going back yeah. 2011, 2012, how was that different than today? Yeah, we're approaching 900 right now. And um, the first, they were very traumatic because we had to make surgical incisions. We put people to sleep. The procedure would take several hours. I remember when we uh, would do two in a day and it would be an all-day event. And now uh, our motto is four before four. You know, four before four. Yeah. It's like a drive through It's like going to Wendy's and getting a double cheese with ketchup, onion, and pickle. Yeah. In moderation. Bill. In moderation. <laughs> so when did it become more normal, shall we say? Was it just a couple years ago? Well, we were fortunate to participate in each new generation. In fact, this generation of valve that you had, we put the second one in in the United States. It's called a Sapien Three. And we put the first patient in the mega trial that was for low-risk patients, which you also are. So we've been a leader nationally 
uh, in this technology. Can I tell you what I did behind the scenes? Tell me. January 31st, Penny's on me. You got to go see Dean. You got to. And I'm saying, well, I, I didn't perceive I was having symptoms. My wife says I was having symptoms. You said I was having symptoms, but I said I'm not having symptoms. But when you told me you got to have this done in the next seven, eight, nine weeks, I went to the Cleveland Clinic website. I spoke to a couple people there, a guy named Capadia. Don't know him? Good friend. Yeah. I went to uh, uh, New York Presbyterian, Sean Hannity, said, you, 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 don't stay in Cincinnati. You got to get out. You got to go to the Cleveland. You got Mayo, friend of mine, said, you got to go to Rochester. I said, Rochester what? He said, Rochester, Minnesota. I said, where in the hell is that? Then another friend of mine said, Miami. And I found out Mick Jagger had the thing done the day after in Miami. I said, Miami, Cleveland, Rochester. And I did all that work online, YouTube. I went to the Taver, the Saver, the Surgical Air. I did all that. And and then I read your press releases. I read where you went to school. I read uh, your history. And I said, why do I have to do that? And and you convinced me that I could stay home. There's something about Cleveland. I I I don't like Cleveland. I've never liked Cleveland. I don't want to go to Cleveland, you know, and so I wanted to stay home. So for those who live in the tri-state area, you can't say anybody's better than anybody, but you're equal to what's happening at the Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, and, and Presbyterian. Why is Cincinnati Christ equal to those other facilities? Well, I'll be honest with you. We do as much or more clinical research as any institution you've mentioned, and that's a fact. Uh, and many times more. We've been first in the country for 22 different new technologies, first in the world for eight different new technologies, ahead of all those guys. And we have an incredible team. We have a commitment and support of the hospital uh, and the organization, which was the Lindner Center for Research and Education. It's driven it. And that was the inspiration of your friend and mine, Carl Lindner, Jr., Tell the American people, what exactly did you do to me on Thursday of last week? And I would say 24 hours later, I'm having chicken noodle soup at my kitchen table. On Friday at noon, Penny says, let me make you some chicken noodle soup. And I was up walking around 24 hours. Tell the American people what you did. Well, Bill, we uh, replaced your aortic valve, which was congenitally, congenitally abnormal. You had two leaflets instead of three leaflets. That's a common problem. Two to four percent of live male births today have this congenital anomaly. And the valves tend to not last forever. Usually before the age of 65, often before the age of 65, uh, they will narrow down. Yours narrowed down. And eventually, um, and we had to go to your wife to get the symptoms, we found that you were short of breath. You weren't able to do the things that you had been doing, even on the golf course or walking up and down stairs. And once that happens, the clock is ticking. We know that half of those people are dead within a year to two years. Uh, And the time had come for your valve to be replaced. So we introduced the valve through a sheath in your femoral artery, um, and it goes up the aorta, uh, across your native valve that God gave you, and across a wire. You know, it tracks a wire. That's how it knows where to go. We put it across your native valve, and we opened it up. Uh, We rapidly pace the heart because this type of valve requires that you basically stop the heart transiently, which we do by pacing it 160 beats a minute for about six, eight seconds. Put the new valve up. It crushes the old valve like a trash compactor. And the old valve really serves to help bind it in place so that you don't use stitches or sutures. And then we remove the delivery system 
and put a stitch in your femoral artery on the way out, which we can do through the skin with a special technique. So you were able to walk around, I understand, uh, later that day. Sure. I got up and did three laps around the floor, and I uh, said, and, I, and a person showed up with a, a walker and a belt. And I said, a walker and a belt? What, what are you thinking? And so she said, well, let's try it without the walker and the belt. So I'm outpacing her down the hallway. She's, I said, let's catch up. Let's go. Can I tell you why I didn't tell my wife these things? I didn't tell her. I didn't want to worry her. And if I tell her going up and down steps causes me shortness of breath, it's going to worry her. Sure. And I didn't want to tell her. When I had some dizziness, I thought, you know, I have some allergies. I did not hook up the dizziness to my heart valve nor the shortness of breath. And I, I never tell her how I feel because it might worry her. And I don't want to worry her. Is that wise? Well, it's common. I don't know if it's wise, but it's quite common. And that's why I really like to have family members present when I talk to patients because patients will modify their behavior so that when you ask them, are you short of breath, they say no. I I said, not really. Penny said, now, wait a minute. And I said, what do you mean? Remember, you go up and down the steps? I said, yeah, but I'm 71 years old. She said, but you didn't do that six months ago. That gave us a perspective that was so important. Now, in my case, you said the opening, was it about an eighth or a quarter of an inch? Yeah, I mean, it comes, it's below one centimeter squared, and yours was down at around uh, 0.7, 0.8. Yeah, so it was really significant. Now, what's the message? Because when I, my message going forward is going to be listen to your body and react to it. But not everyone can see Dean Kariakis. Well, what if you're in Columbus, Lexington, Indianapolis, parts in between, and you live in a rural community like Batavia. How many men and women in Batavia have shortness of breath when they're 71 years old? How do you know? Well, I think you you go to your doctor and they can uh, listen to your heart and see if you have a murmur. They can do an echocardiogram. I mean, the technology is, is there to tell you whether you got a valve problem and how bad it is. And then you do what you did. And I think, uh, you know, your message that uh, I think is a tremendous message is take some control of your own situation. Educate yourself. People today have greater access to information than they've ever had in history. And so they need to use it. One thing that also impressed me, Dean Kariakis, is that you sent me a text and I saved all your text (laughs) in which you said to me that when you perform a procedure, and something a little bit different. And there's an anomaly. You communicate with those at the Cleveland Clinic or in Rochester or in Miami or New York. So what happens and they communicate with you? How does that work when you have something unusual going on? Well, you know, um, we have a network. And when we started this process through different companies making different valves, we had uh, a network where every week, We have conference calls, uh, webcasts, video conference calls where we review cases together and make a collective consensus decision on patients, which is really tremendous. So I'd say many of the patients we do at Christ Hospital have had input from the best doctors in America, from uh, Boston to L.A. What happens in the future? My cow valve. And why would you give me a cow instead of a pig? I think cows are more durable. They're a little thicker. Uh, and that's what most of them are. There's only one that we've used that's not yet FDA approved that is a, quote, pig valve, uh, I mean, made of pig substance. But this is 
bovine pericardial valves, uh, all the two uh, commercially available valves are bovine pericardial. And how long will it last? Uh, this valve really should last at least 10 to 15 years, and I mean that. And, and then if it doesn't, well, we will do what we did some of the first of in the United States was valve and valve procedures, meaning the platform is already there for us to put a new TAVR valve in your old one and get you another 10 to 15 years. And I have a metal cartridge. I've seen the cartridge you showed it to me. It's yeah. about an inch long, about an inch high. It's a metal cartridge in my heart. In the middle of the cartridge is the cow valve that That's comes right. and goes. What kind of metal did you put in me? That's cobalt chromium. It's uh, cobalt. better. It's stronger than stainless steel. And we were part of that evolution, too, in coronary stents. And now in that's a stent, basically, that the valve is hand-sewn into. They have people that actually technically sew that into the valve. And then it's crimped down onto a balloon catheter. And then when it's deployed, the stent opens up, and you're absolutely right. It looks like a stent in there, and the valve is inside. And there's no pain. The only pain I had for three or four days was my groin felt a little tender to the touch, and that's it, correct? Well, you, why, why don't you feel this in your heart? I, I have now a, a metal stent and a cow valve, and it doesn't feel any different. Well, that's the point, and it's, uh, <laughs> we're fortunate that it works that way. It actually is uh, an amazing process. Where does it go in the future? Because it, you, you gave a story yesterday to me about in 2011, there was this legendary doctor who was a cardiologist yeah. that had tears. Explain that yeah. story. Uh, Tom Ivey, everybody in Cincinnati remembers, uh, arguably one of the top cardiac surgeons anywhere. Uh, he was chief of cardiac surgery at Christ Hospital and was part of the team when we put in the first valve in May 2011 at Christ Hospital. And uh, it was really an emotional event. People were cheering and clapping. And Tom got tears in his eyes. And he said, never in my lifetime did I expect to see an aortic valve replaced without being on a bypass pump. So th this was May of 2011. That was the standard of care for 80 to 100 years. Yeah, well, it's standard of care for a long time with surgical valve replacement. And then we've done this, the homework. We've done systematic, large-scale, randomized trials comparing catheter-based replacement with surgical replacement and then with long-term follow-up, now through five years in some of the earlier studies. And so we can say categorically that the catheter valve is either equivalent to or better than surgery in several groups of patients because we've studied them, and we've been part of that, leading the way at Christ Hospital. New England Journal of Medicine said that this will be the standard of care instead of open-heart surgery. How long will that be? Oh, I think it's uh, here now. It's going to take a while. The uh, FDA has not yet approved the indication for low-risk. CMS will have to follow that with uh, reimbursement for lower-risk people like yourself. We were able to do your case because we have clinical research trials that cover the waterfront. So uh, I, I would not have been eligible for this procedure outside of a trial. And to get into the trial, I had to go through all this testing I went through in March. Correct. And we test everybody, though, systematically in a manner very similar to what we do for clinical research trials, Bill, because we don't leave any stone unturned. We don't want any surprises to creep up on the day of the event, you know. We fact, and one thing I mentioned to Jenny the other day is that you texted me the day before my procedure and said, we're going to use a sentinel. Yeah. And I said, a sentinel? What is that? 
Explain that to the American well, you, people. I, I think, you know, you did your homework on that as well. I, we, I went online and I studied the, about that. Well, we had a couple of people that day that uh, you were done that we uh, used for the first time in Cincinnati, a embolic protection device. These are little filters that you put up transiently uh, coming from your right wrist artery. Uh, and this catches any debris that might break loose when you're putting the valve in. If you think about it, uh, some of that stuff, patients always ask, where does that stuff go? And I tell them it gets crushed like a trash compactor. But some of it can break off and at times go up to the head and cause a stroke. So we had the filters in place uh, for your case, for another case. And that was the first time in Cincinnati that the, that technology had been used. So th- this was that day was the first time? Yeah, it's a pretty simple technology. But it's a net that catches in your carotid arteries any debris that comes off the valve. Yeah, it looks like a windsock with a uh, with a filter screen, and then you can open it up, and then you can uh, bring it back in and take it out at the end, and then see what you caught. Did you catch any debris in my case? <laughs> um, we actually couldn't find any debris in your case, and uh, I would say there may have been some dust, uh, but uh, there wasn't anything that we got. No Big Macs, as we say. The standard of care that I received is the same standard of care you give every patient who has a TAVER at Christ Hospital. I'm not special in that regard at all. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, every case is the most important case. It doesn't change. Well, I said said this to you in a text a couple of days after surgery that, Dr. Dean Kariakis, you saved my life. It was an honor and a privilege. Well, thank you. Many people may disagree with you on that, (laughs) but... uh, Dr. Dean Kariakis, you got two more to, you got two more procedures today, correct? Yeah, I'm going to go back and fix a few arteries, Bill. And then this morning you had a couple. Uh, well, thank you for the life that you've given me, and I'm going to use it well. Thank you. Thank you, Doc. Bill Cunningham, 700 W. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.